And exactly before this time, now help me remind, let me help remind you and me that this is Joshua, not Mo, this is not Moses, the Red Sea. Different story. But it's confusing if we're not careful. This is Joshua at the Jordan River. And so Joshua said, you know what? We've never done this before. We've never been here before. And so we think about a new year coming up on us. If none of us have lived in 2022, if you have, I want to talk to you after church. We all know we're not there yet. You may have the calendars. I got two. Big whoop. I'm not, we're not there yet. We've never been there. We've never knew. Who knew what 2020 was going to be? We've never been this way heretofore. But we're still here. And God's still alive. The Bible's still true. And even 2021, it was kind of different too, wasn't it? Special. So 2022, who knows? There's only one person that knows. The point is, we have not been that way heretofore, 2022. And so that, that happened to these people, and I'm taking this, this word that he gave to them because what he was trying to do is trying to calm them down. Again, if you listen to the news all day long, number one, you're going to be crazy. I mean crazy, like worried, crazy, sick, because I never hear any good stuff. Oh, I did see something on Facebook the other day. I'm not a real big Facebook person about a kid who saved his buddy at school. That's about the nicest thing I've seen in months. Kid's like 10 years old, more power to him. I'm glad they did it. <clears throat> but 2022, now the title of this little message is Happy New Year. <laughs> real original, huh? We are not having service this year for New Year's Eve, so this is our last chance before Sunday will be January 2nd, as I'm sure you are aware. Happy New Year. Happy New Year is the greeting of the season, is it not? Just last week we were saying Merry Christmas. That was the greeting of that season. Now when they're all saying Happy New Year, you have either heard it, you said it, or probably between now and Friday, you're going to say it again to somebody. Happy New Year. Nothing wrong with it, by the way. For our Spanish friends, we say, Y prospero año nuevo. A prosperous New Year. So the New Year is not really new. While thousands may say Happy New Year, the next day they wake up to the same problems they had the day before. And in some cases, maybe in many cases, they're going to be sick. Sick to their stomach. I don't mean because they got the flu. They've been out boozing it the night before. So they wake up, their wallet's empty, their stomach's upset. And I think I'll leave it right there. If you've ever dealt with a drunk, I don't need to explain anything to you. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy is it? The same old burns as before. The calendar may change, and they say it's a new year, but really it's the same old, same old stuff. Instead of a happy new year for many, it will be a terrible hangover and all that goes with it, as I just mentioned. There's no magic at midnight. People, aren't we weird? 
not you, of course. <clears throat> People think all of a sudden when that ball drops in New York, boom, everything changes. How far from the truth? That would be cool. I would vote for that, by the way, wouldn't you? If it, when the ball dropped in New York, if everything was straightened out, I'd even pray for that if I think it would happen. It's not. That ball means nothing. It just means the ball drops, and now it's, you, you get to use your new calendar. That's all it means. And if you have a cell phone, it changes over to the next month. That's really all it means. That's why I'm not going there and freezing to death. I'll just watch it on TV. Three words don't change much of anything to the happy. Now, it's not wrong to say them. And it's a good sentiment. And to wish people a good happy new year. A lot of people have had troubles this past year. Beyond our normal stuff in our country. So happy new year is an okay thing to say. But that doesn't change anything. So what makes the new year happy? Now, if you'd ask your average person, you'd probably get a bunch of different answers. For just a moment, forget all those. What makes the new year happy? Well, I want to share a few with you for the next hour and a half. What makes the new year happy? One is the new birth. The new birth. Now, the majority of you here tonight, I'm sure, know Christ as Savior. At least, I think you would profess that you know him as Savior. But you know what? The majority of people outside the walls of this church don't know him as Savior. So happy new year. Oh yeah, it's a nice son, but it really doesn't mean anything if they don't have the new life in Christ. We, th we read in, this, in the Bible in the, of John where Jesus talked to Nicodemus. And he said, let me just read the couple of verses here. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus who was a ruler of the Pharisees. He was a religious man. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? That's a good question. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Of course, the answer is no, it's obvious. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water, that's a physical birth, and of the Spirit, that's a spiritual birth. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so Nicodemus was a religious man, but he had the new birth. How many religious people even will be celebrating in a religious way on New Year's Eve, but they don't have the new birth? The spiritual birth, the necessity of this new birth is the real need of mankind, isn't it? That's, why, that's what Christmas is about. That's why Jesus came. And I think you'd all agree with me tonight. You can smile or nod your head when I say the desperate need of our nation and our world is Christ. It really is. I mean, it's that simple. And it's so sad because people, people don't want him. They didn't want Jesus in his own day. They don't want him today. You can talk to him and they, I don't. But that is their desperate need. Many people have dreamed of the opportunity of starting over again, but they're not sure how to do it. What the new birth is not, it is not baptism. How many people think I get baptized? That saves me. So every time you take a bath, are you getting baptized? I mean, 
It, the whole thing's ridiculous. Baptism doesn't save you any more than going to Burger King, inside Burger King and making you a Whopper. It's not baptism. Scriptural baptism is by, some, by immersion, like Jesus was baptized in Matthew 3, after salvation. And maybe you have never made that decision. When we first started the church, I had an adult man come to me. He'd been in church for a while, but he came to me and said, I want to talk to you. I said, okay. He said, I'd never been. He's probably, he's probably at the time, I would say maybe 60 years old. And he said, Pastor, I've never been baptized. I said, we can take care of that right away. <laughs> and we did. And he's a faithful family. They still come to church here. <clears throat> but baptism doesn't save you, but maybe you need to follow the Lord in baptism. I don't know why people have an aversion to it. Yes, they need to understand it. But it's not that big of a deal. You get wet, your clothes get wet, your hair gets wet, and you get out and dry off. It's not that big of a deal, but some people say, oh, I'm not going to get baptized. Now, if your pastor lost a few people, drowned in them, I think I'd wonder about it myself. I've never known of a pastor losing, drowning some. Now, I thought of drowning a couple people a couple times, but I didn't. So maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you, even this year, you're listening or you're here, you never you need to follow the Lord in baptism or our next baptism. <clears throat> it's not Reformation. The new life is not reformation. How many people have said, and you've heard it, I've heard all my life, oh, I'm going to turn over a new leaf? Meaning they're going to change things January 1. The problem is with resolutions sometimes. Let me say that many times. The problems with New Year's resolutions, they're like diets. You're good for about a week, maybe. And then you see that Reese's peanut butter cup, and you say, I'm going to have a little one. After all, little, those little Christmas trees are really good. I got a bunch of those for Christmas. They're, they're like lace potato chips. They're hard just to eat one. And before you know it, you get in the scales the next day, and you go, how did I gain this weight? You've been eating too many Christmas trees. People say, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. You might hear it yet at work if you still have to go to work the next few days, or you hear these people talk, I'm going to turn to a new leaf in 2022. That doesn't save you. The new birth is not reformation. And by the way, you can't do it yourself. I mean, that's why people quit. They get frustrated. They quit. Only Christ is the one who can give new life. Only he's the one that can help people with this matter. The new birth takes place upon receiving Christ by faith, in John 1.12, the Bible says, As many as received him, to them, once they believed in him, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 3.16, we all know that verse. Maybe you've been saved this past year, or you know someone's been saved this past year, and if you did ask Christ and to save, you know what? You should be a different person from within. Oh, and sometimes it takes a while to catch up on the outside. We know that. It would be really neat if you get saved the next day you stop cussing, drinking, smoking, run, and all this kind of junk. And, and some people do that, and that's fine. But most people, when they get saved, it's a gradual process, not salvation. That's instant. But for them to change. By the way, maybe we need to be a little bit patient with people. And I would venture to say, you're a people and I'm a people. I think the Lord's still working on us, too. 
there might be a couple of things we need to work on. Oh, maybe there's some of those outward things we've taken care of. What about some other things? Have you experienced a new birth? Say, preacher, are you crazy? This yeah, a little bit. It's Wednesday night. It doesn't mean anything. There could be somebody said, I've never received Christ as my Savior. I was, I was blown away when I told you about that man. These, I didn't know what to say to him. He said, I've never been baptized, and I want to. I said, okay, I'll take care of it. And we did. Sometimes we assume people are saved. Now, I don't mean we need to go around checking people and, you know, and grilling people. I'm not talking about that, but sometimes we think, and just because people go to church doesn't mean they're saved. That is sometimes why people quit church. Sometimes, not always. They quit church because they're not saved. Because if the church is preaching the word, and guess what? This word convicts people. And if you're not here, you don't hear it. And you're not convicted. So to avoid that, you quit coming. Isn't that deep? So if you experienced a new birth, was there a time and a place you received Christ as your Savior? When Christ come in, he does make a difference. I'm always puzzled by these people who say, well, I'm, I'm saved, but they have no interest in the spiritual things. I'm confused by that because Paul said, if you're, new, if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. And I don't see how you can put Jesus of the Bible in your heart and not make a difference. Now, it doesn't mean you're perfect or I'm perfect, but you're different. You're changed. And you don't do it, he does it. Because you're not reforming, he's, ref, he's changing you. And the Bible says to those who are saved, he is conforming us to the image of his son. We would say, we, we all would say, yeah, I want to be like Jesus in 2022. But God is conforming us to be like him. It's kind of scary and exciting all at the same time, isn't it? We want to be like him, but think about his life and what he went through. So the new birth makes a, makes a new year. I remember when my grandma Jacobs was saved at Christmas time. That was a new year for her. She was a very, trying to think of a nice word. She was a stern woman. She was not your typical grandma, you know, lovey-dovey, kiss you, hug you. And all. She didn't give me the time of day. So one Christmas, I got the guts up. The Lord helped me. I said, hey, Grandma, I want to share a Christmas verse with you. That's what I said to her. It was Christmas time. And, and of course, I was 12, 13. What's she going to say? Sure. So you know what I did? I did not go to Luke 2. I went to John 3, 16. I gave her the gospel. I said, Grandma, wouldn't you like to trust him tonight as your Savior? She said, yes. And I said, how about if I pray with you and help you? She said, I'll pray it to myself. I said, okay. So I prayed out loud. She prayed to herself. That was a change in her life. So the new birth, a new happy year, is a new birth of a person being saved. Secondly, it's a new walk. It's a new, it's a new walk to have a happy new year. In Romans chapter 6, verse 14, the Bible says this, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Also in verse 4, says this, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like 
as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. You ever notice when we baptize people, the preacher always says, and raised to walk in newness of life in him? That's where it comes from. That's where we get it. Because they're, they're identifying with Christ by baptism. They're walking and beginning to walk a new life. <clears throat> Paul said to the Romans, who lived in a very wicked society, that sin shall not have dominion over you. He's talking to save people. And yet sometimes it does, doesn't it? There's no one more miserable than the believer who doesn't live right. Again, I don't, the Bible, we're not perfect. I include myself. We're not perfect, but we should walk in newness of life. We should walk different, talk different, act different. New from within, and it shows up on the outside. It shows up here. And when people don't do that, they know they get Christ in here, but they don't want to do that. You know what? They're miserable people. I'm telling you, there's nothing worse. I'm speaking from a pastor's point of view. There's not much worse than a miserable Christian. And many times, being a preacher, I could know what the problem The problem is they're not right with the Lord. It's that simple. They may smile and say all this stuff, but they're miserable because they're not right with him. They're not. They're letting sin have dominion over them or they're not right with him to some area. Now, I'm not the Holy Spirit or the assistant Holy Spirit, but we have to say that all of us have had times when we've been miserable, if we be honest. You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> I'm raising for all of us. From time to time, maybe you're miserable, and you know what the problem is. You don't need the preacher to tell you. And so we're talking about a new walk. The contrast between the old walk and the new walk. The flesh is the old walk. The Spirit of God is the new walk. The walk before and after the Ephesians, the Ephesian Christians, as Paul wrote to them. Let me read a couple of verses from Ephesians. As Paul wrote to as Paul wrote to these believers in the city of Ephesus, we're talking about the new walk. We're talking about having a happy new year with a new walk. If, in Ephesians, let me just jump down to to. Uh, Ephesians 5 and verse 15. Ephesians 5.15. See then that you walk circumspectly. He's talking to the believers in that church. Circumspectly, not as fools. He's talking to Christians. But as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. <clears throat> Let's stop a second. I'm amazed at these people that keep telling me how Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And I want to say this carefully. Oh, the world's getting worse. Yeah, and Jesus is coming. Yeah, he, he sure is. He's been coming for a while. So I'm going to stay home from church. Now, I know some people are sick. We have a lot of people in this church right now who are sick. I, God understands that. We have some of our senior saints who just can't get around. One lady, a couple ladies... One lady started almost crying on me. I said, now listen, God knows your circumstance. You're not sitting at home watching a football game and drinking pop and eating popcorn. Doesn't that sound good? Tomorrow you can watch a football game and eat popcorn. And, so, and sometimes people have to work. We understand, anybody who's got any brain at all knows all that. I'm talking about people that say, well, the world's coming to an end. I'm going to sit at home and sit at church. Why? Didn't Jesus say, as you see the day approaching, you'd be more? 
again, I think we all understand that to an extent, but I'm, I get confused. I'm saying, even people of this church said to me, this one lady, I will not call her name, she goes, oh, the Lord's coming. Oh, it's terrible, Pastor Mark. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, since I loved her pastor, I didn't say, I wanted to say, I didn't say. Why is you a church, woman? I wanted to say, I kept biting my tongue. She's going on and on, and everything she said was true. I want to say, why is she at home? You're not, you don't have a problem, you know, whatever. Next. <clears throat> Paul says to the Ephesian Christians, guess what? They had the same problems we do. We think that we have, oh, the, the problems we have today, 2022, we're the only Christians that ever had these problems. Not true. Because we still have the flesh. You're dead verse, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That hasn't changed. That's what happened to Adam and Eve, isn't it? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the flesh and the spirit of God is the, is the difference in the new walk of with the flesh before you were saved and the spirit of God. The Bible even says, <clears throat> those that are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. How do you know if you're saved? Do you let the Spirit of God lead you? He will. The walk before and, and after. It's the difference between night and day. Paul said in that verse in 2 Corinthians 5.17, old things are passed away. All things are become new. To practice the new walk, you must feed the new man. What a time to talk about food, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Feed the new man things the new life requires. Spiritual food. You can't eat Reese's peanut butter Christmas trees and say that's spiritual. Now it tastes good. I think I'm going to have a couple when I get home tonight because i got a bunch of them left. <laughs> No, she didn't hide them. I got my secret key. I got a candy thing. <laughs> that's now that's good stuff, but it's not spiritual. It's not going to help my spirituality. Are you with me? We know about physical food, and probably in the next day or two, you've probably eaten on the who started the sauerkraut and pork stuff. But not for this kid. It's a free country. And you can eat mine for me, and thank you. But that's physical. So the new man, if we're going to have a happy new year and the new walk, you're going to have to feed the spiritual. Again, this is not anything new. Spiritual food. What is spiritual food? The Bible. So preacher, I'm sitting here listening to you. More power to you. But if all the Bible you get is what you get at church, you're going to be hungry. I can't just eat 10. Well, I might be able to. Maybe we'll have a contest after church. You can't just eat 10, 10 Christmas trees. You might be full for a minute, but it's not good. It's certainly not balanced. You have to have peeps to go with it. <laughs> and a whole bunch of candy I got. It's good stuff. <clears throat> What's the spiritual food? God's word. You certainly listening to God's word, me listening to God's word, but reading it. 
for years I've encouraged people to read their Bible, and Pastor Rice has said that. So if you don't have your new Bible reading record, I've already got mine. I got it a long time ago, and I stuck it where I knew I could find it. I'm ready to go. Instead of waking up Sunday and going, oh, no, it's January 2nd. I'm already two days behind. Read your Bible. Do you know what? It'll help you much better than reading the repository. Plus, you buy a Bible once. You have to pay the repository every month. And I can tell you what it's going to say. The same old junk. Now, the sales at Kmart, I always say Kmart. The sales at the stores will be different. But it's the same old junk. It's like the news, not, not the Bible. I'm amazed even myself as I read, and I'm going to make it this year again. I'm amazed as I read it, and I say to myself, how come I never saw that before? Now, I've been saved a couple of years. I was saved when I was nine. Of course, I've been to Bible college, been to church and all that. I'm still learning. And I'll say, how did I miss that? It's so plain, even the last few weeks, I go, how, how did I miss that stuff? It's right there. The words on the page have not changed. I've changed. You know how you do it? Feed the spiritual, the Bible. The more you read it, the more you understand it, the more it makes sense, the more you appreciate it. Read God's word. That's feeding the spiritual. <clears throat> The Bible talks about itself about being milk. That's for new believers. Then it talks about meat. And both of those taste good and they taste sweet. Being in God's house, that's important too because we hear God's word. And <clears throat> it's helpful to this church. I've told Pastor Rice more than once, he's a good preacher. So we're thankful for that. I've, I heard a preacher say years ago, it was kind of funny. He goes, there's, there's two things that make me want to be a better preacher or good preacher. Listening to somebody who can and listening to somebody who can't. <laughs> are you with me? Now, some people are better than others. I understand that, and God gives them different abilities. But Pastor Rice is a good preacher, and I've told him that. So encourage him a little bit. So we get the word of God at this church is what I'm saying. And when you when you miss, you miss the message, and you can't go. Yeah, you can watch it or listen to it. It's not the same. Plus, the funny stuff. There is funny stuff that happens at church sometimes, you know. And you miss that, and you miss talking to people. And you know what? Being at church is not just you having your body here and listening. It's being around God's people. It's sharing prayer requests. Answers to prayer, burdens. The church is a whole different animal. And so that helps you feed your spiritual, your spiritual life and walk this new walk, walk. Prayer. Again, I encourage, I encourage people for many years to get a prayer list. Get a piece of paper. Mine's this big piece of paper. Start writing on it. If somebody at church asks you to pray about something, I always write it down. Or don't tell them you're going to pray about it. Because I think we all mean well. We'll say, oh, I'm going to pray about that. And you forget it. Those people are depending on you to pray for them, whatever it is. But you know what? Prayer is feeding the spiritual. The new walk. There's probably not a person in this room that would say, honestly, well, I've got a perfect prayer life. 
Could I say this kindly? Maybe it's not. I don't think so. I'm, I'm sure we all could improve and do better. We find time to do everything else we want to do. But that will feed the spiritual. To practice the new walk, we must reckon ourselves to be dead with Christ and alive unto him. Are you walking the new walk in Christ? Can you tell the difference in you? Because Christ is in here. And can others see a difference in you? You see, if you're living the Christian life, you don't have to worry about having the wrong kind of friends. Because if you are, I'm not talking about being rude to people. I'm not talking about being a Pharisee or a self-righteous person. Nobody likes them. But just living the Christian life, acting right, talking right, living right, people, they won't say the words, but they won't be around you. It's a natural separation. Because men love darkness rather than light. And I don't say that meanly or unkindly. Just it's a true, a true thing. Can people see the difference in you? Then the new goal. The new goal. Talk about having a happy new year. You know, I'm going to read just a verse here in Philippians, chapter three, verse thirteen. This is the Apostle Paul again, writing to the Philippian Christians. Let me just read it for you. Philippians 3.13 Brethren, that means he's talking to safe people. I, meaning Paul. Philippians 3.13 I count not myself to have apprehended. We might say, I haven't arrived. I'm all that, spiritually, so to speak. He said, not me. Now, if anybody could say that, it'd be Paul, if you ask me. He could, he, he's pretty, if he hasn't arrived, he's close to it. I count not myself. We might think that if anybody says, no, I haven't. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things, with things plural, which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Do you remember the Apostle Paul? His name was Saul before it was changed to Paul, but... What were some of Paul's past goals? We're talking about the new goal of the new year. Paul's past goals were to persecute Christians. Paul's past goals, meaning before he got the new walk himself, was to hinder the work of God. The Bible says it this way. Saul made havoc of the church. That's what it says. And he even admits it. That's why he said, oh, man, when he thought about these things, he said, I forget about all those things. And I'm sure the devil <clears throat> would bring him up to Paul to make him feel bad, just like he does you and me. Oh, you messed up. And you know what you did? And Paul messed up. The devil reminds us. The devil never reminds us of the good things, does he? Oh, you did really good. You were, you were victorious over temptation. That's great. He never reminds you of that. You talk to that guy about the Lord. You get that guy tracked. You prayed with that guy, whatever it might be. You, you didn't lose your temper or whatever it is. 
He never reminds you of that stuff. It's always the bad stuff you did. And it's true, we did it. Paul did do those things. Then your past goals, now they may be not extreme like Paul's, but you certainly weren't interested in living the Christian life. Paul had so many failures. What about when Stephen was being stoned? The Bible tells us that Paul or Saul was there kind of cheering him on. Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! <laughs> kill that Christian guy. He's a bum. Words to that effect. But yet Paul had some past victories. Paul himself experienced the new life. He was on that road to Damascus. He was saved and so... He experienced the new life. He was a new person. Talk about change. The Bible does not say this. Read between the lines. People that knew Saul of Tarsus, when he got saved and changed, do you think they might have talked a little bit? Like, that's Saul's office rocker. I don't know. He, he got religion. <laughs> he got religion. No, he got Christ. He got saved. The living Christ in your heart is going to make a big difference. That did the Paul. <clears throat> Paul was, himself was a witness and a, and a preacher and a soul winner. The churches he started, much the New Testament he wrote, those are all victories that Paul had, and God used him mightily. But Paul was willing to forget all those things that may hinder him in his life for Christ, the bad and the good. You know what? We should remember that too. Don't be hanging on the good and tell yourself how good you are. Or how good you are compared to every other person at church. I don't think I'd be worried about that. If we're going to compare ourselves, I'm talking to myself and to you. If we're going to compare ourselves to somebody at the church, you know, I've been around a couple years. You know what it is? People pick people that are worse than them. Say, I'm better than that guy. And they probably are. I'm better than that person or that person at church. And they're there every Sunday. I've heard people say that. Compare yourself to him. And so that was Paul was saying. He said, I'm forgetting the bad things. I'm forgetting the good things. Because Paul could have been, he could have been really puffed up, couldn't he? I wrote the Bible. None of us did. I preached to many people. Many people were saved. I did this. I did that. And he did do it. Just like he did the bad things, he did the good things. We said, you know, I'm forgetting all those things. And so that's what we have to do as we begin 2022. I'm sure that many people in this church have done many good things for the Lord the past year. <clears throat> Don't sit around and think about them. Because it be gone come Friday night. Actually, it's already gone. <clears throat> Don't think about the bad ones. If you do, tell the devil, get behind me. God has forgiven me. Have a nice day. I'm having a happy new year. <laughs> because he will remind you, I guarantee you. Paul was willing to forget all those things. Question, do you have any new goals since becoming a Christian? Our number one goal should be to be like Christ. That is so convicting. That's why God's conforming us to his image. He's knocking off the rough edges. He's leading us by his spirit. He's doing all these things to make us more like his son. 
because it's not a natural thing. I would love it if when I got saved as a nine-year-old boy, I was like Christ immediately. And I'm certainly nowhere near that now. But what I'm saying is he is conforming us, all of us, to the image of his son, to like Christ. How do people see Christ today? Through you and me. How else are they going to see him? These people could see him physically. They could hear his voice in New Testament times. People can't hear his voice today outside of you and me. Does it have priority in our life? Our number one goal should be for 2022 to be more like Christ. Like John the Baptist said in his own ministry, as it came to a close after only six months. Talk about a bummer. He was preparing the way of Christ. You know what John said when Jesus came on the scene? Oh, I'm jealous of Jesus. He's getting all the credit and the praise and recognition. You know what John said? He must increase, meaning Jesus. I, John, must decrease. Now, I know in the context what he meant by that, and so do you. Boy, that's a good little phrase for this year, isn't it? He must increase 2022. Mark must decrease. It's a winner. Put your name in there. Do you have a goal to be like Christ? Should be every Christian's goal daily. Paul, who said many of these things in words and thoughts, he's the one that said, I die. I, Paul, die daily. Obviously, he didn't physically die. He meant he died to himself. He died to the old man, the old nature. So we have to do that. <clears throat> Practical results on these truths. Salvation becomes dedication, it should be. The joy of living in the center of God's will. There's no way to describe that. In spite of all the troubles Paul had, he was living in the center of God's will for his life. And he was joyful. And you must live in the center of God's will for your life, and so must I, and we all do. And if we do, there is great blessing and joy. I don't know about you, present company accepted. I don't see too many joyful people running around, do you? to Walmart. Walmart's such a great place in so many ways. Besides the normal, you can buy the Christmas trees there, by the way. They're probably on reduced price. I've got to get over there quick and get some more. <clears throat> but I learned so much when I go to Walmart. Now, I don't like to go to Walmart. But I learned so much by watching people, listen to people. I come out the other day and this guy was in front of me going out and he was talking out loud. I'm looking around. Is that guy talking to me? You talking to I said to myself, see, talk, he's talking, 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 talking. Ain't nobody around. I don't know if he was a Fruit Loop or what he was. I stayed back. I mean, he was audibly talking. He went on and 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 on. The way for you and I as Christians to have joy is to be in the center of God's will, whatever it is for you. God has a will for each one of us. Happy New Year. And the new birth, the new walk, the new goal. What are some of your goals? Maybe you want to add some to some of these. 
Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment. Father, I pray you speak to each of our hearts tonight through these few simple words, through the Apostle Paul's words and examples, challenge us as we think of as a church, as individual believers toward the new year, that we would seek your will in our life, that our number one priority would be to be like Christ. What a challenge. What a conviction. What a commitment. Speak to every heart, perhaps someone who's listening or someone who in the auditorium is not saved, or maybe we know someone.